Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Um, I am now. Okay, I'm I'm recording. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Andy. Hey, now. And George. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, Kevin couldn't make it today. He is on vacation. Winning Having money. too much fun. Yeah, yeah. Too much uh, Kettle One and too much Rolling to Die. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think he texted us. He's like, I just won 10 bucks for McToon or something. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is episode 192. What degree is enough? Is that a bachelor's, master's? What? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, doctorate at least, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's catch up with everyone's week first. <laughs> Who would like to go first? I can I go can first. Go. <laughs> I was waiting for go someone. And of course, both of <laughs> you guys talk at the same time then. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, let's have George go first, because uh, I don't think he's ever gone first. No? No. Okay. Well, let's see. Last weekend, I went down to the uh, the Southern Scale Helicopter Challenge. That's a mouthful, Ooh. but that's, uh, that's Daryl Sprayberry's event. This is the 19th year he's had it, and it was wow. a wow. Re- really, really nice event. Very hospitable. Everybody was really nice, and... Um, there was a lot of new people there, like myself, that just recently got into flying helicopters. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they went out of their way to make you feel at home and, you know, show you stuff, explain stuff. And uh, Daryl took me over to his house, Steve Hodges and I. And uh, it, it was just unbelievable. Some of the stuff he's got and makes, just just unbelievable. I came home with the... A whole van load of stuff. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah, so I saw the picture. How many, I guess most of those were just fuselages? There were but... several fuselages, but there was two complete helicopters. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that old, that old Bell 412 that was uh, some kind of a show winner years ago. Uh-huh. He's got he's got tons of those things. You know, these things were like national champions at, yeah. uh, in years past, and you know, what do you do with them? They sit around, they get dusty, and they get dinged and dinged. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, I want to show them some love, put some uh, modern mechanics in them, and get them out here and fly them. Right. Just, barely, just barely blow the dust off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Daryl seems like a, a really nice guy. He's been in it a long time, too, super, sounds like. Super nice guy. And, I mean, he fools with everything, airplanes, jets. Uh, he even had a submarine up there that's probably about eight feet long. Oh wow! Yeah, his biggest helicopter there is mind blowing. It's it's my new goal. It's a um, oh shoot, what is it that? Uh, Ch fifty three, I believe. Yeah, it's the big gigantic. Like I think it's got like twelve blades or something massive heavy lift helicopter and this thing is sitting on top of a couch in his living room and it hangs off both ends about three or four feet oh wow i mean i could get inside the fuselage talking about the the sky crane where it's got the big like no no no, no it's, mil- it's a military oh, oh okay okay yeah 
Google CH53. Okay. It's so ugly, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we had a great time. I mean, he showed us, you know, how he makes the molds, his machine shop where he, you know, he makes all the mechanics of his helicopters. And mm-hmm. I mean, he, he makes stuff for some of the smaller stuff too, but these big ones, I mean, a lot of most, custom work. Mostly and... all custom work, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. But the show itself was really nice. There was a lot of people there from all over the country. And um, I got to see some just unbelievable helicopters. Daryl had his big uh, hind. It's Russian, a Russian military helicopter, mm-hmm. tur- turbine-powered there. Oh, wow. It, yeah, I didn't get to see it fly, but it's, I mean, it's huge. It's like, I think, over eight or nine feet long. Dang. There was a KC-135 there that the, one of the uh, grips let go, and it just completely disintegrated. Oh, damn. Turbine. I mean, it just it was unbelievable. Oh, a turbine model? It was on video. Oh, damn. Yeah, it was a oh. chunk of money. Wow. That's a bad day. Yeah. yeah. It had pilot figures in there, and it cut one of them's head completely off. Oh no! Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so like the the bolt broke or the like the grip just fell off or looks like it just broke. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah. It's on video. I think somebody posted it on Tired Iron. Okay. Oh yeah. On Facebook group. Yeah. Well, do they uh, do they do a competition there? I call it a challenge. I was wondering if they do like a scale. <laughs> Comp, I think, or I think they might this... have in the past, but okay. I, I didn't see anything like that. Yeah, I think they just go and have a really good time, show their stuff off, and yeah, teach okay, about it. cool. Kind of like good. a fun fly. Yeah, yeah, they eat good. They, okay. they had uh, they had good food, and then on uh, Saturday night they had a steak dinner. Nice for all, for all the pilots. So I plan to go down next year, probably around Thursday. And Stay the stay the whole weekend. Take the, yeah, like the bomber RV. Yeah, I'd like to go check that out. That's not too far from here, is it? No, I mean, it took me about three hours and forty five minutes to get there. Yeah, so you're an hour from me the other way, so it'd only take me like two hours and forty five to get there. We were in the van, so it took me a little bit longer. If I was in the RV pulling the mule, I could probably make it in about. Three hours and twenty minutes. But the van goes slower than the RV. Oh yeah, yeah. That RV it'll cruise eighty-five or ninety all day pulling wow. a mule. It's four fifty-four. Well, the course, van. What does the van do? It's like a transit. Like a what is yeah, it? It's one of those little Ford transits. It it won't do eighty. Oh, maybe if you dropped it out of an airplane. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. I didn't realize that. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I love It's one of my favorite vehicles. It gets like 28 miles a gallon. But, um, you, you know, when you're, out there on the, when you're out there on the interstate, about 70 is comfortable. Yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> so 75 and 80, it's, it's winding a little bit. Yeah. I just wouldn't imagine that big-ass RV outrunning it but i guess it will as steve hodges about trying to keep up with me going back forth this triple tree <laughs> uh, 
so let's see came back from that assessed all the stuff and there was one used 500e body in there okay. and it looked like it, it had a uh, well it was a, a t-rex 600 with a 700 boom on it mm-hmm. and it looked like it had everything there but it didn't have a head on it but there was one laying there in a pile with stuff that kind of went with it so i stuck right. it on there and it's uh, it's that oddball thing i sent you pictures of oh yeah it's a lion yeah. head block with the mikado uh, grips exactly yeah mm-hmm. finally got yeah. some blades on it but it uh it spun up real smooth and everything seems to be working right except my collective so i'm gonna work on that a little bit more yeah but i was surprised it spun up so smooth being nice. kind of cobbled together yeah but that that was the main chunk out of the out of the weekend i guess you'd call it a bargain basement hunt yeah. i was like a kid in a candy store i was just running and you know making a pile out in the middle of the, the floor because it's just crazy the amount of stuff he's got you could go there probably 20 times and not see yeah i, th- I think uh was it you told us, I think you said you was taking Steve with you, so he wouldn't let you buy anything. Yeah. Or something like that. And uh, yeah. I saw. Um, so he failed. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I saw. Uh, uh, he, he was intoxicated. He was junker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you walked in the basement door, there's this huge, big uh, um, Apache helicopter, H64. Mm. And uh, I mean, just unbelievable detail and stuff. So he. He stood there for a long time before he regained consciousness. I think it was Michael Rosnick, one of the guys that's been on our show, yeah. said that once you got over to once you got to Daryl's house, there was no stopping you. No force of nature could stop you from buying all that stuff. Oh, I know. It's like Michael, I love you, son, but you got to get out of my way, kid. Uh, we were down literally in the dirt, digging through some of the old stuff. He had a he had part of an estate too. He was moving for a a, a friend of his that had passed away, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of nice older pieces that just hadn't been flown in years. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, there's one in particular that's still down there that I've kind of got my name on, but it's a a, a Bell 412 big UE style helicopter painted up in this really neat scheme, and. Um, some flying service and it's got a wild kind of a cream white color pearl paint job with some pink stripes in it and it's yeah. just so it's just so crazy wild that it looks good yeah. and it, it's one another one of those that i think won some championship but it's all completely original everything's there with it it had some kind of a flat motor in it i forget uh-huh. what he said it was some kind of gas motor but it's all still in there and of course covered with dust but I like stuff like it. even if I never did anything to it. I like to save it, you know, yeah. put, it, put it up where people can enjoy looking at it. Well, it sounds like you're going to be making another trip down there. Mm-hmm. A few weeks, oh, yeah. Months. Yeah. Steve and I've got to go back down there. I think here in about a month, he's got a, Daryl's going to help him do a, uh, you know, the big radar domes that go on top of some of the yeah. military helicopters. Mm-hmm. He's going to help him make it where It'll stay stationary, you know, machine out the inside of his Oh, okay. So there was one there like that, and Steve was hooked. He was like, 
it's one that Daryl had made years ago that won a national championship. Yeah. And it's one of the, uh, I think it's an OH-58. Kind of looks like a jet ranger. Yeah. It looks wild. It's sitting there flying. And that radar pod just sitting there, still as can be. I mean, could you, it seems like a lot of work and trouble for something that you can't even really tell in flight. Because can you tell the difference between setting still and turning? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks crazy. Hmm. Wow. But that's, that's why, you know, this, it's unbelievable some of the detail these guys go to. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Other than that, just piddling around here with uh, my bounty from down there. You hadn't had any fly away this week, have you? No, I haven't lost anymore. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I've been I've been flying the helicopters at night where I can see them better. Uh huh. The little blade two thirty. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I like it at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool beans. Anyway, what about next? you guys? Yeah. Um, I've just been working a whole lot. Uh, trying to get stuff ready for harvest been working on the combine and stuff so mm-hmm. that's not very interesting but i did go out sunday afternoon over to the flying club was supposed to meet up with the guy uh, that lives i don't know 30 40 minutes away from here that i helped a few weeks ago get his goblin 380 yeah. going mm-hmm. but he never showed up and never answered any messages so i don't really know what happened with him but i had invited craig to come down as well nice. uh, so he did come it was just me and him there most of the day a couple guys came through here and there but mm-hmm. it stays super long so we had a great day we just flew back to back mostly swapped out the set of servos on one of his helis to try them and you know, piddled on that a little bit and it was a fantastic day. I mean, the weather was perfect. It was a little bit warm, but there was a decent ish breeze, I guess it wasn't too bad humid. So I had a lot of fun Nice Sunday. I flew the gasser a few times and man, it's really been running great lately. Awesome. I don't know if the engine's starting to like really getting broke in because mm-hmm. now I've got like three three probably three and a half gallons through it okay uh so it's really running well flying great uh flew the xl power a whole bunch of times let craig fly it a few times did a couple low head speed like on 6s oh wow okay just put a 6s battery in it and i get about 1200 rpm when i start to fly and about 1100 1080 when i end the flight wow uh yeah but it i I mean you can't really do anything crazy with it but it flies around pretty good being that it's fairly a lightweight model Mm -hmm. and you get like 10 minute flight so that's always fun (laughs) you get 10 minutes of really boring flying but but i enjoy it just doing all kinds of like, I do TikToks, but you have to do, like, a tick, talk, tick, talk. Yeah. You can't do anything fast or you can't keep it in the air. Yep. But 
like slow pyro flips, cruise around, do all kinds of slow circuits, inverted, upright, all that kind of stuff. So fun thing to play around with. I flew my 516 a couple times, I think three times. And to be honest, I think I'm becoming one of those snobs that only wants to fly 700s. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was flying it and I was like, I can't see it that great. Mm. And I mean, I, I used to love that model. I flew it all the time. And now I'm like, nah, I've got all these 700s. Do I really need a 500? Like, not really. So, I don't know. I'm <laughs> becoming one of those jackasses, I think. It's like, <laughs> nope, only a 700s are the best. Nothing else. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's... that's. I feel like a jackass saying that, but, you know, am I wrong? Eh, not I really. I need a 500 for one of my new fuselages. Mm-hmm. I got a 516. <laughs> nah, I mean, I probably won't get rid of it. Because, I mean, it is a good heli, and I enjoy flying it. Mm-hmm. But I don't enjoy it near as much as a 700. Yep. So, and I'm I'm past the point of crashing every five flights. So, you know... It's not that much more expensive, especially with this XL Power. I mean, the blades are a little bit more, but I don't know. I I don't think the XL Power will cost any more to crash than the 516, to be honest, with the parts prices the way they are. Sure, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, so what's the advantage? Yeah. Less less batteries, but less you know, I've already time. got the batteries, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I come to that realization thinking, well, I guess I'm one of those guys now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what about you, Steve? What have you been up to? Um, so I flew on Sunday. I brought the, the family to the field, so I didn't really have too much time. Oh, nice. I was kind of like limited because, you know, yeah. it was like we had breakfast and then we're like, okay, we'll hit the field up for a couple hours and then we'll go do lunch. And we stayed there for like three hours or so. Wife's uh-huh. like, wife's like, the kids are starving. And I was like, yeah, I know, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I did about four flights on the Goblin Five Hundred, four on the Black Nitro, and the Black Nitro is all strictly breaking in. So it was like, uh-huh. you know, very like hovering to sport flying, and then like land, right. and then get, and then go back up, and you know, hovering like. Kind of heat cycle the, uh, yeah, heat the motor. Yeah, heat cycle. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it was, you know, it was a very relaxing day as far mm-hmm. as that. Um, Is yeah. that all you took? 500 in the yeah. Black Nitro? Yep. Okay, I wanted to cool. get the Black Nitro broken in because this was, I. so I did work on it. I took the Gold Edition out and put back mm-hmm. my old motor with a new ring. So I was breaking that thing back in. And, um, I mean, it's running good. It's running solid. So. Uh, Nice. And I did put a RC Japan order in for, for the for the gold edition. So I, I mean, I got like, I went a little crazy. I mean, the prices are so good. It's like it's so hard not to like, just kind of go overboard. Like, I, <laughs> let me stop saying like. But. If you if you if you buy enough stuff, the shipping cost per 
piece is way less. <laughs> exactly. No, but, you know, it's like when you order a piston, a 105 piston from any online realtor, re, re, you know, uh, yeah. retail store, right? You're talking about, what is it, 80 bucks, 80 something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's half that price. Yeah. Right? So it's like, what do you do? You order two, you know? And then it's like, well, I should order two sleeves and I should order three rings and I should order yeah. rear bearings. And then I was like, wait, I have that um, OS55 HZ, not the regulated version. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to buy a regulator and I'll tap the little, you know, I bought a little the, the fuel nipple thing and I'll tap the back <laughs> of the, the back plate and, and I'll have my HZR, right? Get the pump version, convert it to a pump. So there's those parts. And I was like, well, I bought the 55 used. I might as well get a piston ring and sleeve for that too. <laughs> you know, so yeah. next thing I know, it's like, yeah, it's like close to $400, you know, with, wow. uh, with the shipping and the PayPal and all that stuff. But eh. so that yeah. shipped out. I should get that in like, I don't know, a week, I guess. Right. I, I, once I got into Nitro a little bit, mm-hmm. I've kind of, been taking the stance of keep a piston or ring yeah. couple rings just yes. buy all that crap from rc japan because for one it's never in stock anywhere yes. so you might as well rarely, just stock yes. it yourself mm-hmm. and i was joking earlier about the shipping but it's kind of true like yeah. if you buy a piston it's gonna be like twenty dollars shipping yeah. Or if you buy $400 worth of stuff, it's going to be like $22 shipping. So yeah. you might as well stock up while you're getting it. Yep. The only place where, the only thing that they get you is the PayPal fee. They make you pay the PayPal fee, which is 3.5%. Yeah. So with the PayPal and the shipping, and I, I also did order like $150 worth of parts for uh, for Rob, for McToon. Mm-hmm. He needed a couple of things. And I don't know, it was like maybe. $44, so we split that down the middle, 22 each. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I started building the gasser, though. And, oh, yeah. boy. How's that going? That's awesome. Except that I needed a... So when I got the motor from Hansen, he included the Zenoa clutch or, like, the RC clutch version or whatever it is. Yeah. So it has, like, the little clutch mounting plate, and then he had a clutch with all the, the washers and the bolts separately, right? Okay. <clears throat> well, with the Goblin, the JC conversion kit, you need to have that clutch mounting plate thing, the little thing that looks like a bar, with the two screws and the bolt in the middle. Uh-huh. You need to take that off. So, I, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I don't, have a, I don't have any type of puller or anything like that. I don't have a, a clutch puller, like an RC clutch puller. I'm doing air quotes. Or a piston lock or anything. So I was like, all right, well, let me order that. And I found it for like 13 bucks on eBay. It's coming from Texas. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait for that to come in. And I'll build the rest of the helicopter. So like the tail's all built up. The um, the airframe is pretty much built up. I do have to install the electronics stuff. But I want to get the motor in there and see where like the sensors and wires and things that, you know, are going to go yeah. first. So Yeah, sure. So I'm not doing the wiring yet. Um, so it's pretty much just waiting for that. So I'll get that on Thursday. Um, and once I get that in, it's gonna, I'm gonna pull that thing off, mount the motor mount on the thing, and then mm-hmm. put it all back together and put it in a helicopter. So I'm gonna hopefully have it done by this weekend. That's my nice. plan, at least. So yeah, we'll see. But 
the rest of the build is it's going really smooth. Um, I am get doing... all your. To get all your uh, fuel tank plumbing and stuff figured yeah, out. Yeah, I drilled out the two okay, vents cool. and then uh, the mm -hmm. one in fuel line, I guess. The the actual, um, I don't know what you call it, the, the fuel line with the club. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all installed. And I did ping, you know, Carrie. It's like, do I need to put any kind of silicone sealant or anything? He's like, no, nah, just tighten them down. Use the right mm -hmm. drill bit and tighten them down. I mm -hmm. think I used the wrong drill bit, but I'm going to. Just tighten them down and see what happens, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, YOLO it. But um, it's coming together really well. It looks, it looks cool. Uh, yeah, I, nice. I don't know. So I have a canopy and boom, right? Obviously, I had my mm -hmm. used uh, Black Thunder green and black carbon set, and uh, I don't know. More recently, I just I don't really care to fly off a canopy anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just another thing, like especially because recently I've been crashing, so it's like it's just another thing to crash, right, and break. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, like you have to hack up the canopy pretty good to make it fit the new frames, and the you know the, the mm -hmm. landing gears are wider, so you have to take like a couple inches off the uh, the front bottom of the canopy. And I'm just like, I don't know, do I bother? Do I just run it without it? You know, so I'm probably not gonna make the the modifications to the canopy right now mm. and like break in the motor get get that thing to seed and start making power and then i'll see like mm -hmm. okay you know i i need it for either orientation or visibility wise or i'm gonna say screw it i'm not gonna bother modifying the canopy and just go uh canopy less on it yeah yeah i mean with the goblin i don't think you would need the canopy for orientation because you got the tail boom yeah. right there Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just go without it. You don't need it. Yeah, I'm going to go without it for now. And, you know, if I do, like, I mean, what is breaking? Three to five gallons or whatever it is? You know, after 30, 50 flights, I'm going to be like, okay, I'll know if I want a canopy <laughs> on there or not. I um, mean, you could really start flying it good after a gallon. After a gallon, I mean, you, yeah. That's yeah. what Carrie said. Yeah. yeah. So. But, like like I was saying, it, it doesn't mm -hmm. fully break in until about three, three or four. Yeah, but you can start doing 3D after a gallon without worrying too much about it. Okay, and that was the other thing, like because hovering and sport flying, like is that motor really getting to temp? You know, I don't. Um, know. I don't. Because you're putting load on it, but not like yeah, you're, twelve, thirteen I, degrees of pitch load. Like you're not really loading it up, right? So. Well, you can you can load it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. The you, the, I think the bigger thing is to keep the RPMs low. Yeah. So keep the head speed low. Yes, he did especially mention that. for the mm -hmm. first half gallon or something, you know. Yeah. And do full heat cycles, so like it it will get warm. Yeah, and then like let it completely cool. Like even even it's not going to get like super duper hot, mm -hmm. but doing your like sport flying and stuff but it, it'll it'll get warm especially okay. once you start leaning out a little bit yeah and then the trick is you want to let it cool like completely totally like yeah 45 minutes yeah like leave it for an hour fly something else then yeah, come back exactly fly exactly it, that it gives you a up. full heat cycle okay and then i do like little heat cycles too when i'm flying like i'll fly around then i'll go do a big ass auto mm -hmm. and then i'll let set on the ground idling for a minute and then i'll go fly around another doing a so 
so it's it's like a a 50 degree heat cycle instead of the full 250 yeah. to ambient right i get a couple of those in too after the first couple tanks okay so as soon as like yeah two three flights then yeah i can start doing that yeah but yeah. that's the thing like with nitro and you don't motors, have uh-huh. i don't think you have to just hover for no a no. whole gallon like I would I would I would keep it very very low RPM the first two tanks. I think he was saying like seventeen hundred on the head. Yeah, like yeah, sixteen hundred, seventeen at yeah. the most. Yeah, and do some hover or some like very gentle forward flight. Mm-hmm. Actually, forward flight um, is less load on the engine than a hover. Yeah, because you get that transit transitional lift. Mm-hmm. But so you can fly circuits like I I would do pyro hovers just for practice. I'd fly forwards, backwards, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just very gentle circuits for the first couple tanks, and then you can start raise the speed up just a little bit, yeah. and then get a little more aggressive sport flying type stuff. You know, and just kind of work your way into it over that say that gallon. And then you can kind of start doing more 3D stuff, but you're still on the rich side, you know. Right. And don't 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 start trying to lean it out and finding max power till you get a couple gallons through. Right. Yeah. Now this is just all stuff that I've kind of been told and have researched. Mm-hmm. I'm by I am by no means an expert. Yeah. So. No, no, totally. Um. Yes, yeah, so, and that's the plan, right? Like. Try to heat cycle as much as possible first, mm-hmm. ta- first gallon, and mm-hmm. then like yeah, start leaning out just a little. Um, I'm not gonna push it. I'm gonna take my time with this. Um, I don't mind if I have to sport fly this thing. I mean, there's orientations in sport flying that I still need to work on. So well, I'll just I was use gonna that. say, I yeah, use it as, a, as an excuse to do like you know pure, pure hover practice or mm-hmm. hover boxes. Like, yeah. um, yeah, exactly. You know, go do, go hover in all different orientations. Just use it as a good excuse to practice. Yeah. Kind of what I, I see it as. And that's what I do with all my, you know, engines, right? Like my nitro, like I'll sit there and I'll do a sport flight and then one flight, I'll just sit there and like half the flight, just hover. Yeah. You know, that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind it, you know? So, um, but yeah, so I need to get that piston lock and clutch puller, and then I'll get that thing done. I just I can't wait. It just looks cool, and yeah. I don't know. I'm using yellow skids because I had them. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're gonna. I don't know how how messy is the gasters compared to nitro. It's, let's say. Well, way less. Okay, it's nitro is messy as hell, and I won't put white skids or yellow skids on Na- the goblins. Nitro is like dripping messy. Okay. Gasser is just a light film. Like, and okay. it also depends on the oil. Yeah. Like I'm using Redline oil, and it's a little more, I don't know, oily and messy than some of the others. Okay. So after four or five flights, or three or four, or whatever, you know, an hour's worth of flying, I usually just take a couple paper towels and wipe everything down. Like it's on the blade. There's oil on there, but it's not. It's nothing like a nitro. Yeah, it's not like dripping. An like hour of flying right? the gasser is about like 
two minutes of nitro flat. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? It's like just starting it up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially right now, my, my motor is, you know, super rich, so it's just yeah. oil spitting out. So, like, if you start your nitro and you go and you do a couple flips and fly backwards for yeah. about 30 seconds and land, yeah, that's, that's about after an hour and a half of a gasser. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm very excited about this. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to, I guess. Did I do anything yeah. else in the hobby? I'm trying to think. No, no, that's about it. Cool. All right. So what degree is enough? Let's get into that main topic here. And and we're not talking about your associate's degree or your bachelor's degree or your master's or doctorate. Obviously, it's an RC thing. It's an RC helicopter thing specifically. I mean, it does, I guess, apply for planes with variable pitch, but we're talking about the, so, the number Are we of talking about RC cars and how much steering? Oh, well, yeah, and tow angle. Drift and, cars. Yeah, we could, be, we could talk. Uh, you want me to talk about that? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kevin is yelling at the radio now. Um, yeah, so. No, we're uh, talking about pitch. Yeah, we're talking about collective pitch. Collective pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so. Basically, we're breaking it down to a couple of different types of flying, right? You got your scale, you got your sport, your 3D uh, speed, your hovering, and your pitch curves for, like, say, for normal mode or, or you know, some, I think, scale helis you might use. I, I guess it's also still a normal mode um, for mm-hmm. your first bank before you go idle up or anything like that. I mean, do you even go idle up on scale? I'm not sure. Uh I know some See, people. this is the one area I don't know enough about. I definitely would, because yes. I would just run it on a governor. Yes, but I'm not That's sure true. if everyone does that. They may just use a pitch curve. I mean, a throttle curve. Yeah, most of them curve. just have a set RPM and a slow spool up. So you're using a governor almost everything. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. So, and I think the pitch. I wonder if they have different modes. So this is something like obviously scale. We're not experts at at all. Um, I mean, George, I know you're getting to scale, but besides, no expert, you know, besides a little dabbling, I've done in it. Like I have no idea much of a scale. So we're gonna actually we spoke about this. We're gonna actually do a scale episode coming up in a little bit. We're gonna try to get some like actual you know folks that like have been in scale for for a long time. Mm-hmm. They know um, what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. That you know can actually like give us sound advice and <laughs> not the crap that we <laughs> spew out sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, yeah, let's kind of go into it. So uh, for scale, I mean, you don't need even positive and negative pitch, right? You're, you're never going for the most part. You're never flipping the helicopter upside down. Right. So, not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. Good one. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. So, so usually, I mean, I've seen folks set up their scale helis kind of like the normal mode, you know, mm-hmm. on a on a pitch curve, right? You get your like um, negative six degrees, and then like you know, probably you start, not even. Yeah. Well, I know Maybe some like... of them put so, a decent like I know some folks do like six or eight degrees of negative because of the wind. When it gets windy, they try to they have to force the heli down sometimes. Well, that's I was getting ready to say. I mean, do you? I was one. I was thinking like maybe three, three or four, enough to do an auto basically. Sure. Yeah. And every scale heli I've seen is heavy enough that it's coming down. Mm. So, 
I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, a, a limited amount of negative. Yes. And then on the positive side, you know, they're not 3Ding. There's no 14 degrees of pitch there. I mean, you know, so right. for, the, for the folks I spoke to at events and stuff, they're usually around that 11 mark. Okay. Um, you know, maybe 11 and a half. Depends. You know, they could even go up to 12. But it's nothing crazy. Nothing usually above that. Okay. See, I was curious about that being that most to really get a scale heli to sound better, you usually want to run it at a very low RPM. Mm -hmm. So at a low RPM with a, you know, considerably heavier than normal model, depending on how, what it is, I would think you would need more pitch than you think, but I don't know what, you know, I don't know how much, like 10 may be gobs more than enough. You know, I don't know. And my mind thinks you would need like 12 or 13 just because you're turning a very low head speed, just enough to keep it in the air. Right. I, I don't know about that. That's like a bigger bite. Yeah, exactly. So you want enough to go up, but you're not looking at any type of 3D type performance. Right. You just need enough to comfortably climb, I would think. Yeah, exactly, right? You just want to be able to climb. And your rate of climb also is very gradual. Like, you yeah, know, they're not yeah. like, whoop, straight up, you know, 20 feet, 30 feet. They're, they're very scale-like, right? They're very, you know, exactly. someone was sitting in there. You don't want to make it that abrupt and, and you know, put too many Gs on, on them, you know, on the person, like if it was a real heli, right? So you fly right. a scale heli just like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look it up real quick. I don't really see much detail on, like, how much pitch to run or anything like that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. You would think I, that type of detail would be out there, right? Yeah, I think it's probably so variable on the model and mm. the weight and the conditions and the head speed. Right. See, in my mind, I think you need more than you think you need just to be able to stop a descent or maybe you get in a little bit of trouble and you need to break the fall so not that you would really use it when you're flying mm -hmm. per se because you want to be as smooth as possible but if you're you, you're coming downwind and you start descending a little faster than you expected to you know you might need to, might be nice to have an extra couple degrees to kind of arrest that descent and level out Kind of yeah. like you would in a 3D, you add extra to do a stop or something. Right. Same thing in a scale. But again, I know absolutely nothing about scale, so I'm kind of just talking out of my ass. Mm -hmm. but this is just things that seem common sense to me, but I could be completely, totally wrong. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. some of our listeners could, maybe they'll <laughs> write in and say, hey, you're a dumbass. This is how it is. Well, and that's the thing. We want, yeah, like if, you know, if you know, if you're the aficionado of this and you know, like, scale heli setup, write us an email. Let us know because, yeah. you know. Because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, I'm, me too. George is sort of I've, uh, caught in a little bit of a scale bug just from uh, mm -hmm. transitive properties. <laughs> Thinking, huh, <laughs> I want one just, to, just so I could learn about it and fly it around, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
cool. Okay, so um, okay, let's go into something a little more we know of, right? Sportfly. Yes. So sport. yes. Yep. So with sport, I I mean I don't know. Do you know more about this? Because for me, it's I've kind of set up the same way for three D for sport, except having a normal mode um, mm-hmm. is something that I used to use a lot in sport mode, like just to have a normal mode and then go tie it up. Because when I first learned to fly helis, I never thought about flipping it. Really, you know, it's more right. like. Can I do a circle and not crash? <laughs> you know, can I do a coordinated yeah. turn and not crash? So yeah. it's, it's kind of sport mode was kind of the the normal mm-hmm. mode that I used to fly in before I went to idle up. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same. And the, the, the sport is where I would really say in like a kind of what we would call traditional model where mm-hmm. you would only need the 10 degrees or something. Yeah. 10 and a half, 11 yeah, maybe. Yeah, 11 max kind of deal, right? Like mm-hmm. You don't need more than that when no. you're sport flying. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and, you know, what? one thing to consider about just what degree is enough is that the more degrees you put in, the less resolution you have on your stick. You just end up, you know, making the helicopter inherently more twitchy or jumpy, you know? Right. So The more more pitch you have, the more precise you have to be with the stick in order to be smooth. Yes. Yes. I think that's a decent way to word it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for sport flying, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're going to most likely have your positive and negative to be the same, uh, especially in your mm-hmm. idle up mode. If you do use a normal mode, you might be like, you know, out of like 100 to 0 to 100, so negative 100 to 0 to, you know, positive 100, and then whatever that those endpoints are, which will be like your 11-degree pitch plus or minus. You know, your normal mode, you might only go to like 8 degrees, 6 degrees or something like that because um, you don't need to drive the helicopter into the ground while you're spooling up, right? Right. Like, yeah, so. and again, maybe even less, yeah, maybe like 3 degrees so mm-hmm. that when you're the stick is down, so you're like zero throttle and you're wanting to do a, a smooth spool up that, like you say, you're not driving it into the ground. Yeah. Like you don't need you just you don't need hardly any negative. Yep. It's good to have a little bit in case you have to do an emergency auto or if you have wind mm-hmm. while you're spooling up. It's good to have a couple degrees to yes. just kind of hold it down. But you don't need a ton. Mm-hmm. Um and then and then for folks that you know kind of graduate from the upright flying, they will, you know, you go into idle up where you want to have a pretty even stick positive and negative um yes anytime you go negative or inverted you, you do want to have that feel to be very um comfortable range wise as your positive is to your negative you don't want it to be off because you know if you have to give a lot more negative to keep the helicopter hovering at the same attitude or right. attitude, or, or you know yes doing something you up. Mm-hmm. yeah especially something like a, a an axial roll yeah, which I kind of consider still sport flying. Sure, yeah, rolls but, and flips and but loops. And for stuff, a yeah. roll, it's very important to have positive and negative match, so yes. that otherwise you have to do it. You don't. You'll never know where to move the stick. Really, I mean, right? It's, it's, it's a, a weird kind of thing. Yeah, it'll be hard because if you think like when you going forward flight and you want to roll it, you got to give a little bit more positive during like initiating the roll. But when you get that disc almost inverted, you need to give negative or it's going to fall out of the air. 
And if you don't have like an even up and an even down, like smooth even up and down, you're going to end up like... A barrel roll. Yeah, barrel rolling or just like off axle rolls, you know, and just make it look yeah. all funky. So, yeah, you definitely want to, when you're doing anything inverted or transitioning to upright to invert, back up to upright, you want those, those sticks to be very um, even, evenly set up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with sport flying, like I think eleven degrees is pretty the standard, right? Like you don't really need more than that. I mean, we're not talking about you're doing any TikToks or pirouette flips or hard collective stops or anything like that. So really, the eleven degrees is fine when you're just sport flying yeah. forward, with, backwards, sideways. You know, w- right? With kind of an average setup, yes. like if you're gonna go with a super low head speed, yes, yes, something maybe you're, you know, flying a a TDR, a TDF, or yeah. anything. So you might need a little extra just uh, if you're going with a super low head speed. Yeah. We're kind of more referring to a normal sort of a setup where you're running, you know, 16, 1700 on a 700 size, mm-hmm. just kind of the low end of normal. Then that 11 is going to be plenty for yeah. sport flying, I would think. Yep. And then... We can transition to now like mile 3D into 3D. And Mm -hmm. this is where I think I see the most range of pitch between different pilots. Yes. You know. um, Kind of a feel thing. And mm -hmm. it's a feel and then it's it's model dependent. Mm -hmm. Some models need more, some need less. And the power setup. Yep. I also think it's all um, experience based. So yes. as you're transitioning from a sport pilot to mild 3D or beginner 3D, where you start doing some TikToks and start, you know, doing, you know, maybe half Piro's or Mobius flips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed is, you know, everyone kind of starts with that 11 and they like kind of immediately go to like the 12 number, like. I feel like 12, 12 and a half is kind of like the general consensus of like you need at least that to mm-hmm. feel like the you know to make the helicopter feel like it's capable of doing the things you want it to do mm-hmm. um and then it ranges up to like the top 1% pilots that that run 14 degrees or 15 degrees of pitch mm-hmm. you know which is an insane amount of pitch um 14 degrees even with our modern power systems, electric power systems, right? The, the ones that have super amount of torque, super amount of power, just like it seems like endless power. But when you have 14 degrees of pitch, you will feel that it's not endless if you stay in that 14 degrees too long. Right. Um, but there's reasons why they do that, right? Yes. George, you want to take a guess and see what that reason is? Make it more smoother. I mean, more control. No, it's actually, you know, it will actually make it harder to be smooth because it's just, you know, you're going from zero pitch to 14 degrees pitch in such a short throw of your stick. Um, oh, you're saying for the for the larger degree. Yeah, yeah, for the higher, yeah. like the, the on the upper end of the folks that run the 14, 15 degrees of pitch. Even I think some might even go dabbling in the 16 degrees, which is insane. Oh, yeah, I'd say it's just everything they can get. Yeah. Um, the main thing that that I see and that I'm starting to learn to do myself is collective stops. So when you watch like a, a you know a 3D 
acrobatic, you know, pilot fly like a helicopter. You'll see they'll, they'll do a lot of maneuvers where it's just like the helicopter stops like a wall, just boom, it stops. And to achieve those type of hard stops, you need pitch. You're basically unloading the disc and you're saving that energy and you give that 14 degrees for that split second and stops the helicopter and then you let off and go back to mm -hmm. mid-stick and then kind of, you know, mid-stick or a little bit above to hover or negative depending if you're upright or, or um, inverted. But yeah, it's mainly for the collective stops and some folks, I mean, I, I, I'm, I really want to know what Merlino runs because... All of it? Yeah, like I when he does like those super fast hurricanes and and you know like the huge ones that he just does like the whole, taking the whole field up right <laughs> i'm curious like that's gotta be more than like 13 degrees of pitch or even 14 i feel like it's just i don't know it just has to be he has to be in like in the pitch hard you know i don't know i mean that's kind of dependent on his power setup and stuff but where I see it is when he's a calling ass in one of those yeah. and does a wall. Yeah. And the heli literally stops within six inches of travel. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it, it's like you just were watching a video and paused it. Yeah, yeah, right? You're watching <laughs> I mean, an F1 car crazy. go by and just pause and yeah. it go. <laughs> you know, it's like, and what? And like, it's almost like a, you know, it's probably not a second, but it's enough to like, you notice it and then it goes the other way. You yeah. Know? So it's like a stop and it just kind of sits there for a split second and mm -hmm. then does something else. Yeah. Those are what are like really cool that takes a tremendous amount of pitch. Yeah. You, but only for a second. A split second. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to be like 14 degrees and sitting in 14 degrees for a long time. Um, you know, or you'll, you'll basically blow up your heli. <laughs> um, the other thing to, well, I, I think we'll go into this a little bit later. We'll kind of split that up. But um, when you stop real fast like that, they'll say to like zero degrees. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like a flat disc hitting the air. You're just like putting on the brakes. Yeah. I mean, right. Is that when you see a lot of heads give loose and that that what wears out all the. the uh, It'll wear your dampeners uh, for sure. Your dampeners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. Like a, a, and to the heavier the helicopter, these big gas helicopters, mm -hmm. I would think it'd be a lot, uh, lot heavier. Well, I don't know though. You got the batteries. Yeah. So I mean, it's well with the Kinda with the fuel up. motor, fuel helis. It's harder to get that level of pitch, just because the motor can't sustain. You don't have the power. Yeah, it doesn't right. have the power to stay in it for much at all, if any. Right. Um, like you could, I mean, a, a really, really good pilot can still fly a nitro with a lot of pitch and yes. do that kind of stuff. Yes. But I'm talking about like a Nick Maxwell or Kyle Stacy mm -hmm. or Kyle oh, Dahl. I'm talking yeah. about like the, the top 1%. 1%. Yep. Exactly. Everybody, like me or you do it and it's just like, brawl. <laughs> you and I do brawl and it falls on and hits the ground because <laughs> we don't, you know, it never recovers basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so there's also other things to worry about when you run high pitch, especially in a 3D um, setup. And well, I'll kind of go into that. We'll kind of go into that later because I have two other categories where we're going to talk about that's not just you know the type of heli or the type of flying, 
but you know what, what's a, what's an easy way of saying it? More of the special setups. Yeah, like a special. Yeah, you see what I mean. The last two there. Um, so that that's why you would see someone you know run a lot of pitch. You know when you hear like there used to be I don't know there used to be a thing. I don't know if it still is. I think the two things that used to be like oh you know when you meet someone that that flies really well and you're like the two questions like oh what head speed you running and how much pitch do you run? It kind of seems like I don't know something that like guys took and made into bragging rights like oh i run 14 no i run 15 you know like i run 3000 speed i run you know whatever like yeah i don't know i I feel like that's kind of going away now because it's more about like what feels good for you to fly and and also if you ask uh i don't well most normal people know but if you ask any pro they're like i don't know yeah whatever because yeah. with kind of with the uh, the inter, um, integration and stuff like V control or JDM brain or any mm-hmm. of these others, you start tuning that while you're flying. You don't put a pitch gauge on it, so yes. you don't know what the hell it is. You might set it at 13 and then go fly and be like, "Ah, oh, that's a little too much," or "No, yes. I need a little bit more." Yeah. So you don't know where you really end up. Just whatever yep. feels good. Yep. Um. All right. So let's move from. 3D or into now speed. Now speed's a different beast on its own, right? You yes. want you want all the pitch and all the head speed you can get for speed. Yes. <laughs> With like zero on the tail gain. Like you want that tail to yeah. be like just butter veining. Like you just want yeah. the air to keep it straight. Um which is and crazy. This is, mm-hmm. I was gonna say this is another application where you don't really need a lot of negative pitch. Yes. Yeah, it's very similar to a normal mode or a scale actually mode. offset yes. the pitch to give yourself more positive and less negative. Yes. But how much pitch is too much pitch? Because there's got to be a, a... When the blades stall. Exactly. There's got to be a point where you give too much pitch and your blades stall, right? And it basically yes. cannot... It's not an airflow anymore. Like It's just like a wall <laughs> spinning around. So, Well... Um, it's worse than that because when if you're in forward flight and you stall the blades, then you get retreating blade stall. Yes. And then your your model pitches up crazy. Yes. And if it's turning high head speed like in a speed run, yeah, it yeah. could explode. It could explode. It could boom strike. It could get pretty scary. You know. That's uh, one funny little thing I was doing with that XL power on the 6S pack. Mm-hmm. I was. I'd go way up high and then do like a stall turn and get some speed and then start coming across the field and get an immediate retreating blade stall. Oh, really? Just because yeah. the head speed's too low. I mean, it, it's it's turning so low that it, it just would pitch up about three or four feet and that was it. Like, I'd recover it. Wasn't, yeah. You know, not a big deal. But I was showing Craig, is he's like, that's not you? I was like, no, that's... Like, I was just doing it on purpose. I was like, yeah, see, yeah. watch this. Now, haul ass, get going straight and level, but it's turning, you know, 1,200 RPM. Mm-hmm. But I'm traveling the same speed as if it was, you know, 2,000 because yeah. I did a big dive. Immediate, you know, pitch up. Yep, yep. And it's, it's like you can, 
it's not violent at that low head speed, but you can tell that it's like crazy. Like, yeah, especially if you're not expecting it, right? Right, right. Yeah. So if you have him, I can only imagine having that happen when you're turning 23, 24, 25, 6, 7, 800 RPM. It's, it gets super violent. Yeah. Like imagine like Tarek and his setup. Mm-hmm. You know, and he gets a retreating blade. So it's freaking, it'll go so high he can auto it down. Like, it'll be like 400 feet. <laughs> okay, go back. Well, here. yeah, or it's, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, or it eats itself. <laughs> explodes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think on a general consensus with speed, though, it's like, yeah, you do want to offset your swash plate and everything. So that way you get more positive and negative. And I, I don't know. I've been hearing like 16 degrees is kind of like where. Well, you know, I, I, I guess what I was getting at that I didn't actually hit the point of is that's also head speed dependent to the pitch. Like how much is too much? The faster the blades are turning, the less chance, like the faster that you can travel forward without yeah. getting retreating blade stall. I yeah. guess is what I'm Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, any listeners that are into speed, maybe, maybe a uh, shaggy can enlighten us, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's more like 16 degrees and all the head speed you can get. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't think 16 would work at 2,000 on a speed run. No, no, you'd have to be 20. Yeah, so six. that's what I'm I'm getting at. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and yeah, I, I don't know if they, if they get more than... You're saying 16 might be like the total maximum of anything. Yeah, I mean, certain helis... Speed, certain speed helis are designed to do that and maybe more. But, like, if you turn, were to take, like, a normal 3D helicopter or whatever, like, a you know, and try to make it into a speed bird and offset things and kind of do that mm-hmm. set up, like, I think the geometry will limit you. Yeah, I you would know, say so. Servo arm length, pitch length, and all that stuff, right? So. Um, all right. And then when we talk about hovering, right? Mm-hmm. This is now kind of the opposite, right? And I think when you set up your pitch or your you know your pitch for hovering, it's different. You kind of want to hover mid stick, I think, right? right. I think that's a setup, right. and and that's to give you yourself more resolution. Yes, around center stick. Yeah. So you kind of end up with a. You don't need much negative, like mm-hmm. one degree, maybe. I mean, some of them just start at zero. Yeah, and then you kind of go up gradually, and then wherever you know you tune it to where it'll hover at mid stick, you'll actually flatten that part out, mm-hmm. and then kind of S curve on up. Yeah, so you have a very you have a lot of resolution in your stick, and very slow to react controls around mid stick mm-hmm. to give you that fine control for gust of wind or whatever right. when you're doing the like, hover yes. like having a ton of expo exactly yeah it's like it's exactly like adding expo to your pitch yes but without yeah. the snappy end of it like if you add too much expo that when you get to that 80 percent of the stick it's gonna be like whoa <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 i'm just saying it's kind of, you kind of make an s curve out of yes. it yes you take but that straight same, line and kind of wave but, it down the maximum positive you you need for that might only be seven yeah eight know, threes i would say yeah eight yeah whatever whatever your 
model hovers at, you need a couple more so you can actually go up. Uh-huh. Uh, and then about zero for it to come down. I yeah. mean, it's going to come down. Yep. Yeah. And a, maybe, a very maybe, shallow point in the middle. Yeah, and I would say maybe even like one or two degrees negative, just in case you get a gust of wind which pushes your heli up, so you want to be able to combat that and fight that back down. And like maybe a degree or two, nothing, nothing much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's just like your hovering mode, right? Like, Right. For, this would be like for F3C type yeah. stuff is what we're talking about, where you're really, really trying to hold that model perfectly in one spot. Mm-hmm. You yep. have to be able to compensate for gusts of wind because that'll make the heli go up and down just from the... And side to it, side too, right? Like well, side that. to side, but yeah. just the up and down, a gust of wind... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Transition, transitional lift. Is that it? I guess so. I'm not, I'm not sure what the name is to that. Uh, anyway, air going across the disc will make it go up. Yes. Or it will. Air going across the disc will require less pitch to hold its place. So since you unless you lower the pitch when the wind hits it, then the model will go up. Yeah, and I, I feel like the, depending so. on the your angle of the disc and the wind, it can also push it down. Uh, I mean, maybe, but not in a hover, I wouldn't think. I don't know. I think still in a hover. I could be wrong. I mean, it wouldn't be the first When the time. wind quits blowing, it'll go down immediately. Yeah, yeah possibly, yeah. Yeah, it could be you're compensating no, for the wind, and then you like, and the wind mm-hmm. stops, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you know, hovering, you'll you'll want to set up a mode for that if that's what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So pitch curves, right? You know, yes. do people still use normal pitch curves for sport in three D? Um, I don't know. I use them on my fuel models because I use a normal mm-hmm. mode. To, for the to, not always to spool it up, but usually to warm it up, sure. like to warm the engine, or yeah, maybe run more... it at a high, high idle or something for, mm-hmm. you know, twenty thirty seconds, kind of get some heat yeah. going in the engine instead of just completely relying on the, the slow spool of the governor. Yep. Yeah. So I can see in those instances where you want to get the RPM of the motor up, but you don't want the helicopter to like be digging into the ground because as the blades go faster, it's going to create more um, down pressure if you're in negative. So you might want to do like a couple degrees of negative and then go up to your straight line, basically from usually from 50% or like your zero mark. I'm very spectrum. So it's like negative 100, zero, positive 100. Um, So when you're in that like aspect, like, yeah, you know, you're zero to a hundred positive. That's usually just a line. But your negative side is more of like a, a less steep of line, like a you know a fifteen degree incline. Yeah, I, I keep like I'm just I just use like a three point curve. Mm-hmm. So if uh, uh well it's all dependent. But say if fifty is the midpoint yes. of the range, mm-hmm. I'll go from like forty, and then fifty at the center, and then from fifty to one hundred. Yep. Because I keep everything mid stick and up the same, yes. so it's except for the F three C hover mode. Mm-hmm. But all the sport, or I would probably do this with scale, 
3D. All those from mid-stick up are the same throttle hold. So that you don't have weird... It always feels the same. Yeah. And then on the fuel models, I limit the negative pitch to a couple, two or three degrees. And that's really the only change I make. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. When I first started the hobby and like, you know, it was a blade helicopter. You go through the manual, you set up your, your different modes and always was like your first bank was normal mode and it reflected that. Your throttle curve and your pitch mm-hmm. curve reflected a normal mode setup. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't. You know, on my helicopters, it's, you know, negative 100, zero, 100. And so is the pitch, so is the throttle. Like, everything is just the same. It's just a, you know, straight diagonal line um, regardless. Uh, granted, there's expo on, like, the cyclic and stuff like that. But on my left stick, you know, in mode two, it's just all just, just linear. Do you do that on your nitro as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't use any normal mode for it or anything? No, I do. Bank one is normal mode. And normal okay, mode is but still... you don't change the the pitch curve at all no it still it still gives me the same right. amount of pitch and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i mean when i spool up by the time I, it like starts to like go fast enough where you're either pushing the heli down or getting lift i'm already close to mid stick like i don't wait for it to yeah you know for the engine to rev too mm-hmm. high but as soon as i take off too i go right into bank two or bank three right right know, so um, I, I go straight into a V curve. Um, okay. So, besides normal mode, is there any other reason why you would mess with your pitch curves, do you think? Mm. Well, we talked about the F3C, mm-hmm. and then in a normal mode. Uh, if you don't have... Mm, depending on your fly barless unit and stuff, you could have the endpoints of your pitch be a little bit different for your different head speeds. So, like if you had, you know, negative 13, zero, positive 13, but then you wanted to run a really higher head speed or something, mm-hmm. then you could drop it to like 10. You know, like negative 12, zero, positive 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be a way to change the pitch without having to change banks or whatever in your fly barless unit. So, I mean, that's that's doable. Yep. Be one, one reason to do it. It'd so, still be a linear, same feeling type curve. You're just limiting the max yes. negative, positive. Yes. And that... I do with low head speed. So with low head speed on most of my helicopters, well, more on when I used to fly the, um, uh, when I used to have the E5 super stretch, there, there I would set like my low head speed of like 1100 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It would be like 13 and a half degrees of pitch. And main okay. reason is because I wanted the low head speeds to still be able to 3D where you need that pitch to pop and you, pop it up and, you, and do maneuvers. Right. And then you take some out at yes. your high head speed. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. So at 1,700, which was the high head speed for that bird, because it was only 8 pounds, I would um, 
I would then go back to my traditional 12 and a half degrees. Right. Right. So, um, so the bad thing about having too much pitch and really in, in, in conjunction in, in helicopters, I'm talking about boom striking. So there's a scenario where you can have too much pitch, right? And pull too much elevator. <laughs> And you know, back elevator and full collect, you know, full positive pitch usually will result in a boom strike in most helicopters. Um, you know, obviously, some are more susceptible than others. Some are, you know, are very hard to do. But like, if you're running 16 degrees of pitch, or 15, let's just say 14, 16 is a little bit crazy. But 14 degrees of pitch, and you're running eight degrees of cyclic, right? And that's mm-hmm. eight degrees that it's set to. But you actually get more than that when you. You know, sometimes when you're pulling it back. So, you know, you're you're basically telling your pitch at that certain point of rotation where it's getting both, right? Like when the blade is like 90 degrees from the helicopter, when it's perpendicular, you're getting like 20-something degrees of pitch right. on that blade. That was something I was going to bring up earlier. Yeah. Uh, you have to remember that your cyclic is adding pitch on top of whatever... Yes your collective is yes so if even if just to keep it simple say you've got 12 degrees in there but mm-hmm. you got a crazy high rates or something then put you your full positive 12 degrees and then you pull full elevator or something and it's adding 10 11 degrees there yeah then yeah it, it compounds and then your blades just stall and fart and make a lot of noise and then if you're <laughs> certain models then your tail gets chopped off mm-hmm. and then it's a bad day yeah um yeah because when your blade stalls and you know sometimes this happens with especially if you run loose blades main blades mm-hmm. like it'll you know centrifugal force wants to keep those blades out as much as possible but you know when you're talking about stalling a blade and all the forces that are upon that it'll actually kind of sweep lag the blade yeah, and when it and lags, re- I, yeah, yes. then you really have problems. Yeah, so like, if you ever took in your your helicopter and like you know certain helicopters for some reason, um, oh certain helicopters the way the geometry is set up that like if your blade's not perfectly um, pulled out like straight from your main grip, if it's back a little, you'll notice it'll just like it'll push your cyclic servo down and it'll fold that blade down right downwards. <laughs> now if you actually do that while it's spinning, it's in direct line to your boom. And that's how boom strikes happen usually and chop off booms, you know. That's how every, uh, well, other than just a really hard crash, every time I've hit the boom, Mm -hmm. it's been like an auto or something where I kind of maybe tipped over but didn't fully tip over. Yeah. And it it knocks that blade. The tip hits and it goes back. You know, it starts to lag two or three inches and it swings around, smacks the boom. Yep. Usually just makes a den or knocks mm-hmm. a paint chip out or something. Yeah. But it's very obvious that as soon as you move the blade in the grip, yes. then it can contact the boom. Yeah. Super easily. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like try it on your model, you know, just pull that blade back just a couple inches from being straight and then pull like, you know, pull your psych, your, your swash plate down. And you'll see that as that yeah. thing swings around, yeah, it's say, yeah. boom. Yeah, move it a couple inches and then give it some pitch, and you'll see that yeah. it, it goes up and down three or four a inches out, out on the tip. Yes. Uh, and, and, and 
I would say that's kind of where boom strikes happen the most. I mean, obviously, soft dampeners can contribute to that. You know, flex running bigger blades than you're supposed to per se. <coughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, you know, so like things like that can happen. Um, with too much degrees of pitch, with too much pitch, you know, it just, yeah. it, just it, it can't handle it. And you know, our models these days are very robust and they're very stiff and they're very like, you know engineering feats like they're very well engineered but things like that are just basic physics that you know you can't hold right. it right and the the guys that are running a ton of collective pitch mm-hmm. you know 14 15 degrees they understand yes. that they they're not going to be for one they're only using it for a split second to do yes. a stop but you know, if they're driving around with it kind of like a Kyle Stacy he's not given a whole lot of cyclic at the same time yes that's why the hurricanes kind are huge one or the other yes. you know a lot of cyclic for a fast spin or flip or something mm-hmm. or a lot of collective but never a lot of both yeah it, it's funny because now that you mention it like as you're learning tiktoks it's prime example of that you know when you start learning tiktoks you end up doing a lot of collective and not a lot of cyclic Mm-hmm. And you know, and as you get better and you can keep the helicopter in one place, you actually notice that you give a lot of cyclic with a little bit of collective. And the faster you go, the less yeah. collective you can use. Yeah. Even though I stick bang and I still go full full end to end. Click 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 click. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um the next thing I wanted to kinda talk about it, and you mentioned it earlier, is by feel. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that Rob has taught me about pitch, Rob Rob McToon or McClellan, is that with fuel models, it's not about how much pitch you're running. It's not even about how much power your engine is producing. Because if you tune your pitch right, you won't have to worry about bogging the motor because you'll mm-hmm. never put enough pitch to bog it. You know what I'm saying? So you just All end right. up running less pitch or you end up running more pitch, but know that you can't be in that range for too long. Like, it's only right. for collective stops. It's only to pop pop and lock or whatever, that type of flying. Right. Um, and I, I don't fly like that, really. So I just, I like the nitro or even the gasser to some extent, I just kind of put whatever pitch it'll keep pulling. Yeah. And once it starts it bogging, I just back it off a little yes. bit, and that's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good... General... But I'm not a great pilot, so I don't. I can't do the. I want to be able to just shove the stick, like you say, stick bang. Yeah. All the way up in a punch out, and it's it'll just. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Yep. And that's the thing about like I would say for beginners that get into fuel models is to do that. Like. Yeah. Even even on sorry even on your electric models you can do that like depending on your power system stuff like if you go full collective in your motor box whether it's electric. Yeah. Take gas somebody. nitro. Just dial your pitch back. Yeah. Do yourself a favor, you know. Until you you've come to the point where you can now you're like, well, I need more pitch to do my stops. Right. You don't exactly. need to have fourteen degrees of pitch. It doesn't no. make. Then you it... don't have to worry about it. Just shove the stick yeah, up and, and fly. Up it goes. Yeah, and enjoy it, right? And and that's and that's going by feel, I think, right? Like how you were mentioning before that. Pros, when they tune their helicopters, they don't really, like, some might look at numbers and be like, yeah, I'm doing this and this and this. But the numbers are all relative to your, like, 
your arm distance, your distance from your your you know your geometry, cerebral, your geometry, right, and all that stuff. So really, like if someone throws out a number like, oh, I'm I'm a hundred hundred on the the V bar, like what does that mean? You know, it could be twelve degrees, it could be fifteen degrees, who knows, right? Like so that those numbers are arbitrary in my opinion. It's more of like. What does it feel like? Does it feel like it's bogging? Does it feel like it's not stopping fast enough? Where do you want the feel to be? Mm-hmm. And and you might not know what pitch that is at that point. You know, my 500, I started... My 500 and the, the Black Thunder. Both of those helicopters, I started with 12 and a half. I'm not there anymore. I know for a fact I'm not because, you know, as I'm learning those collective stops, I just, I'm like, pop, it's not popping enough. I just go into my setup and go... Click, 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 click. Okay, I'll go five points on the positive, five points on the negative, and, and then try that and see how all that feels. And if I like that, then I keep it or I'll adjust it some more or some less, you know, and get to the point where, like, what I feel the helicopter should react and do is where I think my pitch should be set at. Not yeah. any arbitrary number, 12 degrees, mm-hmm. 15 degrees, 12, whatever. So it's all by feel, I think, eventually. Um, right. But even to this day, when I set up a helicopter, it's 12 and a half all around, eight degrees of cycling as a Neo wants. Like, I, I'm pretty strict about that for your initial setup. But then after that, it's all by feel. Right. And we should say that most helis won't climb out upright and inverted exactly the same. So you might end up with a couple tenths of a degree more or less on the positive or the negative to get it to climb exactly the same, like a punch out yeah. upright versus versus negative. Most of them, because you've got different drags and all kinds of different uh, forces at work. For sure. You, you might have to, to get the exact same ascent rate. You might have to tweak the negative or the positive more or less. It's not much usually mm-hmm. less than a half a degree. Yeah. And and that's a funny thing you mentioned that because I've had someone like, you know, one of my friends fly my helicopter and they're like, oh, your negative feels a little bit more like faster than your positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? I don't know. It's, you know, I 12 and a half plus or minus like that's my original setup. So I don't right. really know. And whenever even when I adjust it by feel, I'm always the same amount up and and, and down. So like if I'm at like 90 and 82, let's say on my V control mm-hmm. settings, whatever those numbers are. I'll go, what did I say, 90, 82. I'll go 95 and 87, you know? Like, I'll go five points on both ends to make mm-hmm. it equal. But I don't, you know, like, it is what it is, right, when it comes to those numbers. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good thing. Like, if you think about a negative, there's no nothing, there's no fuselage, no canopy. Right. That's no boom, what I, you what know? I was get, getting at is mm-hmm. you – I could be backwards, but usually I think it takes a couple more like tenths of a degree positive to climb the same as negative. Because when you're upside down, it's the air. There's nothing below the disc. I mean, yes, there's drag above it, but that doesn't matter as much as what the, the what's below it really. Yeah. Yeah, when you're looking at a fan, right, and the fan's blowing at you, if you put something in front of it, that wind is going to feel less. Yeah, it affects it more than if you put something behind it. Behind it, yes. Um, Especially when when these days the helicopters are so pretty, like, 
um, narrow and like rounded and kind of very um, mm. aerodynamic. That yeah, I think the wind behind it, it's or the fuselage behind it is a lot, definitely a lot less than if it's going trying to go through it. Mm. So and it's not a lot, and it's no. very haley to haley. It's something mm-hmm. very narrow. You know, like a Kraken is going to be less different yeah. than like a Black Thunder or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Hmm. And I wonder, would you feel a difference with the canopy on or off? Hmm. I mean, possibly. I mean, we're talking about such a small difference. Yeah. My- I can tell a difference flying some of mine with or without because mostly I'm just doing circuits. But I can tell the drag. Okay. There's a lot that of head sense. Wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now on some of the new, newer stuff, you know, like the Krakens and Goblins, when you, you've got that off, you've got the motor sticking up there, and it's kind of aerodynamic, you know. It's not like you've got a, a battery up there and a big strap. It's, well, I guess you do too, though. Yeah. You yeah. Have, it's Don't the motor stick music. up a little bit higher, though? It's yeah, yeah. It depends a lot. Most of the seven hundreds, the batteries are under everything. Yeah, it's yeah. Like right in the middle the underneath configuration. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, I can tell a little bit of difference. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. At first, I I wasn't using them because I, I'm kind of like you. It's just a hassle to fool with, right. Steve. And um, mm-hmm. I wasn't using them much, and uh, I noticed not everybody else was. And I thought I asked Craig one day. I said. Why do you always run the canopy? Isn't it a hassle? He said, well, it just feels different. So. Yeah, but he's flying 3D, so I don't think it would. Yeah. You can see it better is why most people run canopies. Yeah. Yeah. Almost everyone runs a canopy just because you can see it. Yeah. That and I think for some folks, they have like a peace of mind that like, if a Velcro strap gets a little loose, it won't eject the battery as easily. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's especially true. on nitros and stuff, like your receiver packs. I try to go without them as much as I can just because when you crash yeah. in the canopy sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> 70, 80, whatever, 100 yeah, bucks easily. you don't have to replace. Yes. <laughs> but low light, super cloudy days. Yeah. You can stick it on there, and it does make a big difference. Yeah, it does make a difference. It also makes a difference if the helicopter's far away, and that's that's part of the yeah. reason why I lost orientation on the Black Thunder is because it's so far away, and all I had, you know, I did have my, you know, Havoc boom on it, so it's like the yeah. digital camo orange, but it was also like I don't know, it felt <laughs> like a mile away, so like I couldn't well, tell if the boom was in front of the helicopter yeah. or behind the helicopter. I, like, I was gonna say, I only fly. A half a mile away, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But you got them good eyes. You got those young eyes. That's why. <laughs> yeah, just fucking eight months younger eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is that the thing is, is you will go see an eye doctor. I, <laughs> I have not, and I'm diabetic, which I should really go see an eye doctor. <laughs> yeah, you really ought to go have your pressure checked. I I went for years and didn't go, and went and found out I had glaucoma. Oof, and yeah. uh yeah it's kind of scary but they did laser surgery and got the pressure down nice 
Yeah, I, I gotta do it. But <laughs> Steve, <sighs> you might go and then end up with some glasses or contacts or something. You'd be like, "Holy shit, I can see the heli so much better." <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do the um, the A B scenario, right? So you you get you get your A to be so bad that when you go to B, you're like. Wow, what a difference. <laughs> Becomes a master pilot just yeah. because now you can see what it's, it's like, doing. Now I can see Andy doing his 400 feet autos. <laughs> yeah. 10, 400 feet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, is there any other scenarios you think people would be running different types of pitch or pitch curves? Or I'm trying to think if there's any more to this topic we can... Talk about. I don't know, George. You're kind of new into this. Have you learned anything tonight? Do you think like we've helped anyone out, or we? Yeah, just been rambling for an hour. No, I mean it. It gives you things to think about. It's like mm-hmm. um, you know, on the scale stuff I'm pulling with. I found that if I set it up, my pitch curve to start, you know, uh-huh. the base being like thirty-five or forty. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There's plenty to keep it on the ground. Sure. And, you know, all across. Um, But um, I I don't know. It just, uh, when I first, remember when I first brought that uh, AH6 down there, I didn't have that set like that. I had it would go all the way down to zero. And, uh, you know, it looked like a Vegematic or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there, there, yeah, there was a, a couple problems with that one. George, yeah. you also had like 23 degrees positive in there as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to have her. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was all over the place and a, a very steep, you know, a weird steep pitch curve. I mean, yeah. throttle curve. Yeah. So not was- only would it have a ton of pitch, the throttle curve was it was like a five point or something steve so Mm -hmm. all the way to mid stick and the throttle only went up to like 30 percent and then from from, (laughs) yeah but then from mid stick it went from there the next two points it went all the way to 100 oh my god so (laughs) so it was very vertical well, with 22 so he, degrees of pitch, you need that he, kind of throttle curve. Yeah. Well, he was hovering, but the tail was like doing weird stuff. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. after I looked at it, I was like, well, no wonder. It's got all that pitch, plus it's got all that throttle yeah. jabbing at it. So the tail just couldn't keep up. Right, We'd right. lowered all that stuff, and it, it yeah, it's fine. a lot better now, don't you yeah. think, George? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Way more smooth. I've learned that these things will fly just about any way you want to set them up if you can yeah. hold on to the sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like hold on for your life. <laughs> they'll yeah. actually fly with all kinds of bad setups. Well, yeah. I've seen stuff. Not listen, I'm, not, every, not every helicopter down there that the uh, show was perfect, let's just say, but <laughs> most of them were, but the ones that weren't, uh-huh. they, really, they really weren't. I, I've seen some sketchy setups. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Especially these old ones you see that are laying around that came from back in the day, old nitros and stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like you know that was an explosion getting ready to happen. Good yeah. thing. Yeah, I've Fine seen up. I've seen that too, and it's usually old stuff that's been converted two or three different ways and had a lot of like custom weird stuff 
like mm-hmm. maybe converted to electric or you know fly bar to fly barless and sometimes yeah. you look at some of that stuff and you're like damn how does that even hold together yeah that's the kind of stuff i like doing but i like doing it right right yeah so learning everything i can is going to be real important yeah. nice all right so for our listeners you know more about skill and pitch setup or on 3d or speed or any of those subcategories of this tell us everything we got wrong because yes I'm sure correct us please because <laughs> i know we have gotten some stuff wrong and maybe some stuff may be right who knows maybe one thing <laughs> all right um i guess let's move it on then yep okay do you guys want to do news and announcements yes George, say news. News and announcements. All right. All right. <laughs> Good job, George. All right. What do we got here? We got the new Blade MCPX BLV2. Wait, a version? I think that's how you, of the how you say dress? it. So it's the okay. MCPX, but it's the Whoa, brush. It's oh, it's BL2. BL2, yes. Oh, it's funky looking. It's got a unique canopy. Yeah, but not even a canopy. Look at the landing skids. They like they almost look like they're like an aerial photography <laughs> landing skids, like <laughs> where you can put a gimbal to camera down there because it's so tall. Maybe they made them stronger. Yeah, maybe or maybe more flexible so they can bend. But so they'd be stronger. But they're stronger. They don't break as easily. Break. And then also maybe for grass, they made it higher so that the tail road. But yeah, the tail road looks good... pretty high up now. Did you have an MCPX, Steve? Um, I've had one, not the brushless version, just a regular, and I couldn't fly the, I couldn't fly it for the life of me. Really? Yeah, and I had I tried all these other versions of the micros, and I still couldn't fly any of them. Yeah. The MCPX is actually the very first collective pitch helicopter I ever owned. It was the brushless. Okay. Um. I had been, I had kind of gotten into planes and was doing pretty good with planes. I'd always said, nah, I'm not going to fool with helis. They're too complicated and too expensive and blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they was like, I don't know if it was a Black Friday or some holiday, but they had that MCPX like 30% off or more. It was crazy. Nice. I was like, well, shit, that's a really good deal. Maybe I'll try one. Just you know, and just just keep a have a micro. I don't need no big ones, right? Mm-hmm. So the yeah, the MCP, I don't know, Mister. I don't want to fly anything but seven hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the MCPX was where I learned to fly collective pitch. Nice, Ellie's, and then I went up from there. Or yeah. Got that, and then I got a 130X, and I think I ended up with a Nano to try to fly in the house. That never worked. No. They're too and squirrely. Then I, and then I got a 300, a couple of those, and then 450X, and then... Oh, so you went up the, the blade line pretty well. Yeah, I went, yeah. went through the blades up to 450X, and then all my wallet's been suffering ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I am glad to see them come out with a new updated brushless version. 
looks like it has a better brushless tail motor. Um, I mean, I don't know what all they've changed on this thing. It's got the AS3X fly barless system, the safe and all that. I don't think the old ones had safe. No, but this one has safe Z with attitude control, which means you can yeah. tell it to like stay in a certain, you know, consistent attitude. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think the old ones had any type of self-leveling no. about them. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bind and Fly Basic is 180 bucks. It's pre-order right now. I, I love sure. when companies do that. Uh, the they're like they make it look like it's on sale because they do the one ninety nine ninety nine scratched off grayed out to one seventy nine ninety. It's pre order. It hasn't even come out, and you're yeah, saying that the I price is reduced. Look, that's just a bullshit thing. I don't. Yeah, that's that a marketing thing. To be honest, MSRP means absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. Whatever is for sale is what it's for whatever, sale. Yeah. Whatever the price is is the price, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't give me no. MSRP bullshit. I mean, is that what that is? The one that's crossed out behind yeah. her? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I just find that so, too funny. <laughs> yeah. A lot, what, I mean, lots of companies do that. I don't feel like every company. I, like that's like grocery a stand- stores do that. Like everywhere does yeah, that. That's like a standard marketing campaign for everything. Yeah. That we it's like do. everything's marked down to its normal price. Yeah. And that whole 99 <laughs> thing, right? Like why not just make it one eight zero dot zero zero? Why one seventy nine ninety nine? Because it's a marketing thing. Our human brains are stupid. They think like, oh, it's only one hundred seventy bucks. No, it's it's one hundred eighty (laughs) bucks. Like don't fool yourself. One penny. (laughs) Yeah, but it works, and people, and you know, it's like, I don't know. They still do it to this day. They've been doing it forever. Yeah. But anyways. I, just, I'm sorry. Scrolling down, you it's got altitude control. I yeah, thought you said attitude. No, altitude. Sorry. Yeah. Consistent out. So you yeah, can all just with say the it a certain accelerometer. Height. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wondered about that. You know, it said attitude control. I thought, what's it do? Come down and smack you in the side of the head? <laughs> Get sassy. <laughs> say, hey, Bill. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's know. altitude. Yes. Consistent yeah. altitude. So. That means it can like if I guess if in that mode you can just kind of probably if you you hands off the sticks it should like it could drift around a little mm-hmm. bit because it doesn't have GPS but it shouldn't go up or down yeah so if you take your hands off the sticks George it won't fly away across the road into the next county I did that with an airplane just, tonight just what. Yeah, I was flying around the other. I was flying around the front yard, and I was standing back here in, on the patio. And uh, well, I mean, I came back up. I knew where the plane was, because that's where I put it. But a helicopter's not quite like that. Mm-hmm, they, no. won't, yeah. they won't stay put. Yeah. Or, or they don't, you know, stay on the same glide path. I mean, you can you can get like a NASA for it. I've seen people who. Would put like in a Goblin Seven Hundred, put in like a DJI NASA system, or whatever, and it'll sit there if you wanted to, GPS and everything. Right. Which, which I don't know. I don't know the point of that, but. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you can actually set them up to go out and fly patterns. And yeah. Come back and land. Yeah. yeah. It's you crazy. Can. What fun is that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. 
it's fun if you need to use it for a job, like well, a surveying or mm-hmm. photography or like uh, some of these helis that's being used for uh, ag sprayers. Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw a video on YouTube a while back. It was amazing. I mean, this huge helicopter. Huge. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Like you could big put old, a baby in there and thing. fly it around. Yeah. yeah. Or you could probably put one on each side. Yeah. Because it, it had the, I don't know how many liters it was holding. You're talking but, about the Yamaha one? The R-Max? Yeah, that big one. Yeah, that That's, thing's been around f- for a pretty good while. Yeah, yeah I've, this video. It I mean, holds been, like 30 gallons of water or something like that. It's been several years ago that I've seen the video. but Nice. Yeah, that seemed pretty neat. Yeah, you could set something like that up, depending on how long it could fly, and it could do several, you know, several hundred acres probably. No, because you you can't carry enough water to 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 get very far. Really? Because you got to put three gallons of the acre, and most of the ones I've saw only carry like five gallons. Or well, is it for water? Or I thought six. it was more for like well, pesticides on, or yeah, right, depends on what right. it is. Yeah. I think. What we're yeah, doing. for like fungicides would be really yeah. the only useful application that I think it's, you can't drive through it. Right. They were putting fertilizer on poppy fields or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But but something like where you're um you're doing um NVDI imaging and stuff of mm-hmm. crops is something where you're just carrying a camera. And you could send a a gas hail like an industrial type heli out for a you know, forty five minute mission or something to go map several hundred acres. That seemed that's like feasible. I hope the spraying thing gets more useful because that's something I'm interested in. But right now it's just not not big enough really. Anyway, MCPX. Mm-hmm. How the hell did we get off onto the? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I think I did it. Dang um, it, George! Stay on yeah. track. Altitude mode went from that to <laughs> applications oh, yeah. in the industry. GPS, yes. yeah. controls. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So if this, you have any interest cool, in though. this, Horizon Hobby. Um, I'm going to ask, this might be something Tima would enjoy because she's, she's flew the absolute crap out of the little Nano S2 I got. Hmm. And she still flies the 230S. But it's almost too big for her little side yard, the 230 is. Hmm. I mean, she flies it there, but sometimes she has to hit throttle hole before it goes into the tree or something. <laughs> right. So I wonder if this thing would be better suited for that it's a little bigger than the nano but mm-hmm. a little smaller than the 230 yeah i don't know yeah i think this might be a good candidate i think the performance is a way better now yes than, than the older ones like i think you can actually do some pretty decent 3d i think in the right hands you can <laughs> i think i would still bog the crap out of this to whip out and i'll crash <laughs> I tell you, that little EC-145 that I've got, the little ready-to-fly thing I got mm-hmm. in motion, Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. It's tiny. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's about the same size as that when you're talking about Andy. Mm-hmm. Is this a little four-blade? Yeah. Four 
Well, yeah, it's I, not a coaxial, I, but it's got a four blade head. Right. And it's yeah. got it's got you know stability. It's got you know horizon hold, whatever mode you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, but it, you know, you can click that off and do whatever you want to with it. Right. But um, it's tough too. I mean, I've crashed it, broken the boom off of it several times. Yeah. Tore the wires out of it, soldered mm-hmm. them back. Mm-hmm. But nice. I still fly it. I'd like to get another one, really, now that I can fly it a little bit. You know, I'd like yeah, to have one that doesn't look like... Yeah, this and <laughs> flying now, it looks like it's been stepped on a couple of times. Really? <laughs> yeah. The boom's drooping in the back. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to be careful when you set it down. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's see. Um, what do we got next here? We got an email from Rocky Boy from the flight test forums. Yeah. One of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in because he had just received a dozen large RC helicopters from an estate of a local flyer. And his club is going to be doing an auction uh, October 12th in Alexandria, Virginia. And wanted us to pass the word along. Nice. So, yeah. He said there will be some details on their club website. And that is at www.the1nvrc.com. And I think that's North Virginia RC Club. Looks like uh, some maybe some older fly bar type models and stuff. I'm not sure exactly what all they have. I'm sure you could send them an email or message through their website, get more pictures. Sounds like they do a auction every year to raise money for the club and everything in this heli. These, everything in the estate of these RC helis, they're going to have in that auction. It sounds like. So maybe check that out if you're interested. And Mr. Tired Iron, you got a fun fly coming up. You want to talk about that? Yes. That will be starting on Friday, probably around noon on October 25th. Uh And it'll last all weekend. You can come down and camp. You can fly, bring, fly anything you want to. All we really require is that you have your AMA Mm -hmm. and your relatively safe and have fun but uh we'll be you know there'll be plenty of room to camp you know you've been here we oh yeah absolutely uh, lots of room and if you need power we've got that um yeah just come there'll be several camping all night craig usually comes and camps out mm-hmm. and then uh saturday i'll fix my low country bowl that's shrimp, red potatoes, sausage, um, just tons of stuff. Carrots, and uh, I fix mild, and then I fix a couple of pounds. It's really hot. <laughs> What'd you say? Melt your face hot? It'll make your f- face numb. <laughs> and it'll get to where yeah. your your upper lip feels like it's you just sniffed it up your nose or something. <laughs> I will say I've never been over. To George's when he didn't feed you something. 
So, yeah, we like to go hang out. We like to feed people. Yeah, that's cool. Unfortunately, I'll probably be in the cornfield during that time. But yeah, that's your. If I'm not, I'll I'll for sure come up, maybe for the day or something. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I mean, Friday, like I said, most of the day Friday, mm-hmm. all day Saturday and Sunday until you can, can't stand it no more. Yeah. I, I like to get the 4th fly, of July. I'm going to come up there one of these days and we're going to drag all those scale helis out and fly them around. Yeah, we need, you know, the, the big uh, Sikorsky's, I think, ready to go. You need to look at it. Okay. Look, we need to look at it. We'll we'll do like the six inch off the ground of hovers with that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just it's got those big uh, wheels. We'll just taxi it up and down the runway. How's that? Yeah, yeah. You can take off like an airplane with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Sweet. So okay. yeah, if you're in the area, come by. Mm-hmm. East and, Tennessee. Uh, uh-huh. Western North Carolina. Yeah, we're right at, we're at, we're exactly exactly three miles from the end of Interstate twenty six where it hits mm-hmm. the Tennessee Virginia border. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say anywhere in the southwest <clears throat> tip of Virginia, um really even like southeast part of Kentucky or East Tennessee or western North Carolina is all just a couple hours from you. Yeah, real easy to get to. Yep. There's a big airplane sitting out the road and full-scale Beechcraft Bonanza up on the stand, so it's easy to find. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah, come down. We'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. Good deal. Okay, let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? Yeah, this weekend I might not be able to go flying. Um, seems like Saturday and Sunday there's some plans. Um, maybe I can cut out and like do a couple of flights at the park with the nitro to break that in some more. But more more likely, I'm just gonna work on the gaster this weekend and get that done so I could start getting that thing hovering. So, right. so, so that's the plan, at least for now. What about you, Andy? I don't really have any plans. I'm going to definitely try to get a few flights here and there between working. Um, But other than that, I don't really foresee myself doing anything. I I try to get, I like to always try to get at least a couple flights a weekend, just so I don't forget how. Sure, yeah. (laughs) But I don't have really any big projects or anything. It's just nose to the grindstone. Get yep. ready for harvest for me. Yep. Get that yeah. done. Yep. Cool. What about you, George? Flying every day. <laughs> yeah. Start yes. working on some helis. Try to figure out. Uh, go through my brain to set up again on this uh, new use 500 I put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll need to talk to you. Uh, maybe we can get on the phone or something tomorrow i'm sure i could i'm very familiar with brain so i'm sure i could sort you out okay yeah yeah i think it's the way i've got that that head set up it's uh 
It's a conversion. Right. Yeah, there could be something weird we have to... You might have to tweak something in the software that you normally like make it different than normal just right. to accommodate that different I headset. I, I, think I, I think I know where it is in there. So Okay, cool. I'll look at that. Where the pitch and collected, where you adjust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The brain gets interesting sometimes, too. You sometimes have to go to the advanced menu to like actually get the even amount of drive, positive and negative. Right. So you have to go into the advanced menu and actually adjust the... Um, the throws on the actual servo like endpoints it's mm-hmm. i remember having to do that for certain helis so but it's cool you can customize all that stuff and stare yeah i zero everything out mm-hmm. you know servo arms and then went up from that and yeah. uh everything i mean when it spun up everything looked to be aligned really good mm-hmm. when the plays were at zero pitch i mean they were really fine what do you call that? Phase? In, in track. Tracking. In track, tracking, yeah. yeah. Blade tracking, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one, one of the things you want to make sure is mechanically is it set up right, right? You got your 90 on your servo arms or, uh, yeah, right. 90 on your servo arms and, like, your swash plate should be pretty much in the middle of your main shaft and then your pitch length from there. So if your servo is yeah. too high up, your, sorry, your, your swash plate too high up, then you limit the travel positive, so... It could be something. Yeah, but weirdness. I think this is a geometry. Was this issue? a fly bar heli that's converted to fly barless? Yes. So the swash plate's not going to be in the middle of the main shaft. It's going to be low. Yeah. There's all kinds of weirdness with that stuff that you yeah. got to kind of compensate. Plus, your pitch lengths have to be like super long at that point. To, right. To exactly. Get yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but we get it sorted out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That one yeah. that I converted for the guy here, the nitro. Mm-hmm. I put the fly bar, it was a fly bar head with just different grips. Yep. So it had like three inch long <laughs> pitch yeah. lengths. Pitch lengths, yep. Mm-hmm. That damn thing flew great. Yeah. I was so surprised. Yeah, it was, it was like, oh, set yeah. up right, it's set like up right. Crap. It don't matter, yeah. yeah but I, I after I got everything set grade. up right, shit, it flew wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. You can see it well. It's bright. Yeah, yeah, that one you got it for sure. Nice. Okay, uh, then. Yep. All right, so the wrap-up. We're going to wait for Kevin to come back. Because it's not the same with him not doing the Facebook and the iTunes and Podbean. Yeah. So we'll wait for him to come back. I think Come back, be... Kevin. Yeah, when is he coming back? It's not next yeah. week. I think I think he's taking like ten days. I think in Vegas, so I think it'll overlap. Like he'll probably come back on Tuesday or something. So. Yeah. All right, then let's I guess do our outro. Let's. I was gonna say let's wrap it up, but let's outro it out. Yeah. Let's get out of here. All right. So drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefarcypodcast.show. Say hi to Rybert. Hi, Chris. Rybert. Yeah, Rebert. <laughs> <laughs> I remember his fun fly, Bill, when like, it's, Bill says something like, Rebert, and Rybert's like, it's not Rebert, it's Rybert. <laughs> Bill? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he said it. I was just like, yeah. 
<laughs> well, now that I know it annoys Chris, I want to say <laughs> Reaper. <laughs> all right uh flight test forums off the field audio and video production other than the flight test podcast free for rc podcast say hi to our forum manager david hildeflyer david hilda hildeflyer yeah uh let's see fellow podcasters Oop, give me a second <laughs> fellow <laughs> podcasters telerotor podcast that is Robert, Michael Shaggy Parker, and Mike DiPaolo. Yeah. BKRC Podcast. Bert and Kyle. They haven't had one out in a while, huh? Nope. Since Urcha, I believe. Since before Urcha, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, at Urcha. Well, they did an at Urcha, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. RC Roundtable. It's Terry and Lee. Yep. And Kevin. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> eventually, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, and let's see. Um, Don't forget high voltage. Yep, high voltage. I was gonna say the Bobby Watts podcast. Bobby Watts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And um, what was the name? Heliheads. Oh yeah, the Heliheads show. The Heliheads show. I forgot about those guys. Yeah. We got to put them in the thing mm-hmm. here. Yeah, put them in the show notes. They'll just replace the first one here. I crossed out. The yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and. Word on the streets. Throw up your gang signs. Um, there's might be another Heli podcast coming out soon. So yeah, keep your eyes. Keep your eyes and your ears well, open. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Keep your uh, eyes on your ears. Yeah, keep your eyes on your ears. <laughs> uh, and of course, go check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Give him a subscribe, as he would say, smash the subscribe button, and make sure you hit that bell thingy. <laughs> he likes he likes it when you ring his bell. Please. Oh my gosh! Ring his bell. <laughs> if he ever does that in a video, I'm gonna make so much fun of him. What? The bell thing the, or the smash? The bell, the subscribe, a point to the corners of the screen. He doesn't do that, does he? <laughs> Not only does he do that, he's now getting other people oh, to do no. it. Oh, no, Bill. You're oh, dead to no. me now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bill, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, Bill. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to our listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> see you guys. Alright, take care. Oh, that's fun. Shit balls, I gotta edit this podcast, don't I? <laughs> Dang it. I think so. I don't know how else he's gonna do it. I'll do my normal shitty job Make sure that Kevin feels uh, That warm fuzzy feeling In his You know Chest when When he hears his show And how bad it Cockles Your mic was like In and out a little bit But it was never enough For me to like Say hey Cause it would Just about when I'd say Hey it's doing that You'd quit Oh okay So you'll see it are we doing? Are we getting George? I try to add him. Oh, uh, okay.
Where you at, Georgie? Your mic's doing weird shit. Is it? Yeah. Sit very still. Don't move. If I sit that still, I'm gonna fall asleep. Don't move. Wait, wait, wake up. Huh? <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. I was just being a dick. No, I, no, no, you were I hope fine, you knew that. No, I knew I you made like course. one little comment. Everything you say is I just pretty much write it off as being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shut up. You guys are gonna think I fucking hate everyone. If you didn't, you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> if I didn't meet everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh.